Welcome to the People Chronicles. I'm Anna Rose, and today on Storied Women, I have Rain Wright Nauer with me. I think I got it right? You did, yes. Okay. Um, Rain is the owner of Cold Nose Lodge, which is? It is a luxury dog center. We offer daycare, boarding, training, grooming, and have a cute little shop out front. Cool. <laughs> okay, so besides being a, um, an entrepreneur, a mother, a dog lover, absolutely. Um, sister, are you sister? I'm a sister. You're I have an older sister. brother. Okay. Yep. And a daughter and a wife. Um, you have a really unique story to tell. And you, I think storied women always have that. We have many, many, many different titles. So as we do with every single episode of The People Chronicles and Storied Women, what is it that you want people to remember from our conversation today? Well, as we were doing our little pre-interview, the thing I really want everyone to know is that there were so many obstacles that either real or imagined could have stopped me at different places along the way, and I just didn't let them. I tried to make sure that I was really focused on what was really an obstacle, what was me just getting a little nervous, and I just needed either some additional education or just a little bit of chutzpah and just go, <laughs> go out and do it. And just about every single one of those obstacles I've overcome or it made me take a detour that led me to something that was even better than what I had been planning to go to originally. Excellent. Okay, so we're not going to let any of these obstacles get in our way. Exactly. Okay. All right, I'm going to remember that. Okay. Uh, now, tell me, give me the little Cliff Notes version of Rain. Okay. So I grew up in a Navy household. My father was in submarines. So I was born in California. We moved away to the East Coast by the time I can remember anything. So the memories I have are mostly in Virginia a little bit in Connecticut, a little bit in South Carolina. But if I had to say where I'm from, I would say Virginia. Um, my dad, as a, a submarine guy, was gone a lot. So mom was always there to take care of my brother and me. Um, she always would just get up and go if we wanted to go visit family out of town. And because we moved a lot, family was not ever in the same town as us. <laughs> so there was never just going up the street to visit grandma. It was either a drive, eight hours, or fly across country, and we would just go. So it, so it sounds to me like your mom was this role model for you about, as far as obstacles going. She didn't let anything stand in her way either. Right. And it's funny looking back that she did have some, but as a child I never, I never was aware of them. Yeah. And so she always just taught me, just go. Just go. You don't, you don't worry if you don't really know how to get there. And this was before there was a GPS or anything. She'd just <laughs> get in the car, off we'd go. Yeah. Very exciting. I mean, that's it, when you think of having role models, you know, when you think back as, as women, we look back usually many times, for m many of us anyway, to look back to our moms or those strong women who have come before us so that we know how to do it. You right. know, we watch them and then we learn from them. Whether or not we really understand that, we learn what to do and, and, and what not to do as well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell me about these obstacles. Now, we, we, we put you as an entrepreneur. Yes. Okay, so tell me about... Uh, uh, obstacles that come out starting your business or where you were originally you weren't always you didn't always own a business right right I went to James Madison University mm -hmm. and I got a degree in mass communications and I went into video production which I did for eight years had some amazing experiences I got to go to Hawaii got to go to London many trips to uh, Miami lots to New York um, just lots of fun places to go sometimes for incredibly fun live concerts and webcasts and some a little less exciting, going to the Navy base and doing a video on the trash compaction systems of a submarine. 
Although pay interesting. You have to pay your dues. <laughs> it was not really an exciting video to work on. Of course, with all of them, we, we did a good job and shared the information needed by our clients. But some were more fun than others. And the ones that I loved the most were those that had to do with animals. And in my spare time, I was volunteering with local animal rescues. I was fostering dogs on my own at my house um, for, for organizations. But it was any way I could get that I was dealing with animals, I would. So I started looking into going back to school to become a subject matter expert. First started looking into getting a veterinary degree. And then I discovered there's this shorter degree that was only a two-year program to be a veterinary technician. And I felt that would be a good fit for me. So I started going back to school. I was still doing webcasting. So you changed your entire career to follow a passion. I did. But the initial, the initial signing up for school had been sort of to stick with the same path but a much more narrowly defined version of it. And then once I was back in school, I worked part-time at a dog daycare center. And then I worked another little part-time job at a training center. And I was volunteering at the local shelter. And I realized that I wanted to be involved in those things more than I really did in video production anymore. Uh And so it was while I was in school that I started initially going to seminars with Small Business Center and started to work on a business plan. Okay, so then what happens? So then I work as a vet tech for four years. (laughs) We relocate from Virginia to Pennsylvania. Who's we? My husband and I. Okay. And our three dogs at that point. And we were trying to start a family. Uh, We adopted our son. And our agency made it sound like it'd be a little while till we would be matched again. So it seemed like the perfect time to go ahead and let's make this leap. Let's start the business. We'll get it established. And then once it's established, that should time out about right for the phone call that we'd be matched again. And that's not how it timed out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then uh, take us to that t- that, that poor right. timing. Or is, is it ever really a well, right time to have a child? So Everything's working out great now. So First we'll so just, just backtrack back. a little bit as sure. far as um, you, you're going to set up this business. And why did you make this decision to, to adopt? We, well, growing up, my older brother was adopted into the family. My best friend, when I was in elementary school, was also adopted. So for me, there was always a consideration for a way to start a family. And my initial plan had been to, we joked that we were going to make one and adopt one. And that that's how we would have at least two. The, the third child was a maybe. We'd see what, how we felt after two if we were going to go for three. But that was our limit. Um, And it just wasn't happening. And I didn't want to go all the way through doing IVF. And I know for some people that's the right choice. But for me, once we got beyond just some some basic drugs to try to help boost things and it didn't work, I was was okay with that. I didn't need to make my child to love them. And if I look at how much I love my dogs, it's ridiculous the amount that I love my dogs. And And they're not even the same species. (laughs) Like, there's no way. So, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so. So obstacle, not an obstacle. Another right. opportunity. Just right. I remember crying, and another month would go by, and they're still mm-hmm. not pregnant, not pregnant. But then eventually, it got to where I was okay with that. Okay. So instead of um, looking locally, what do you do? We we research all our different options. Okay. And South Korea called us. South Korea. Oh yeah, of course. South, honey, I have South <laughs> Korea on the phone, right? <laughs> so it was just there was something and. Um, a friend of mine who also adopted from South Korea said oh, okay. that somebody had asked her why you chose South Korea, and she said, because that's where my child was. And I, I feel like, yeah, that's, right. that's how that worked. So it, it it's almost sounds like, you know, and as a parent, you know, 
that we say oh, uh, symbolically that I would go to the ends of the earth for my child, right? Yeah. And then I have Rain who literally goes to the ends Almost of the exactly earth. Almost exactly the opposite <laughs> side, yes. Right. <laughs> what we're going to do, we're gonna, I want to talk to you a little bit more about okay. these wonderful children that you have. Uh, about the other obstacles get thrown in your way when it comes to your business and um, and being um, you know having dual priorities as we do all do as women, uh, but we're going to take a quick break. Here, okay. okay. Are you looking for a place to hold your next event? Look no more. The Crown Plaza Reading Hotel is the premier place for meetings, special events, and banquets. Just listen to one of their many delighted customers. My name is Ann Sheehan. I'm the executive director of BCTV. Last night, BCTV had an event here at the Crown Plaza in Reading, and it was just wonderful. Everything was great. The food was delicious. The room looked fabulous, and the atmosphere and ambiance were just beyond anything I could have imagined. It was a great event, and I can't say enough about Craig Poole and the team he has in place at the Crown Plaza. The Crown Plaza Reading Hotel, making dreams come true. Call them today at 610-376-3811. Welcome back to the People Chronicles. I'm Anna Rose, and I'm still here with Rain. And Rain is telling us about uh, that. She, what she wants us to remember is not to create obstacles uh, or don't create obstacles to your, for yourself that really don't exist. So yes. in other words, just forge on. The obstacles are there. The natural obstacles are there and how we're going to deal with them. That's one thing. But to create them for yourself, that's another thing. Yes. So uh, you, like any young entrepreneur, uh, had to start a business on a shoestring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about that. And then also about how you became a parent and the obstacles that you could have faced that you refused to consider obstacles and how you got around that. So we're just going to talk a little bit more about that. So, But first, I want to talk about the business. Okay. Okay. So you have this luxury daycare, doggy daycare. Didn't start out that way. I mean, it started out on a shoestring, right? We tried to do it luxurious, but um, (laughs) yeah. So we all backtrack a little bit that we lucked out when we sold our house in Virginia to move to Pennsylvania that we made out really well in the housing market from Northern Virginia. Okay, so So you have a little bit of cash. So we had that, we put all that money down on our house, which then we had a line of credit that we were able to use to really put the money in to get the business started. Okay. Then we had our, our smaller loan from the bank to be our, our working capital to get us going, had our plan all figured out, how many months in it was going to take the business to pay for itself. Um, we opened in October of 2008, which is just as everything was falling apart. That was Lehman I'm Brothers. All that say. stuff was going on. Um, and actually, the last week of September, the first few days of October, I was in Korea to bring our daughter home. And I can remember I was on... I tried not to get myself on Korea time because I knew I was coming right back. And um, I can remember sitting in my hotel room in the middle of the night watching, I forget exactly what the vote was, but Congress was going through to do some vote to salvage for something. And I could see in the corner of the screen the Dow and just watching it drop and drop and drop. And I wasn't even in the same country. Like, there was nothing I could do about it. We had an open house the next, like the end of that week, actually, to start our new business. So I was feeling very powerless at that time. So anyway, economy was tanking, so people weren't getting new dogs. They weren't traveling, so they didn't need to board. Um, so all the product grooming that, was a luxury at that point. People weren't paying for. So all the product that you had to offer now is not saleable. I mean, is less saleable. It's than, less. Yes, yes, there are fewer people who are in a position mm-hmm. to be able to use it. Okay. Obstacle? 
just had to work harder to find creative ways to get people to know about us and okay. to find that a way that they would need us if you had um, some kind of emergency at your house and needed to have people come work on something. Where's your dog going to be? You don't want to have somebody accidentally leave the door open or as they're bringing in the new carpet. Ah. The dog runs right out the house. So tried to work on all those ways and really tried to establish relationships with all of the local veterinarians. Um, any new housing places that I could find, they have the model homes. They weren't having a lot of sales either, so they were being creative. We did have one that did a whole um, dog day at their at their development, and so we got to be a part of that. And so all we these all got creative. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I think in, in business we call it opportunity. <laughs> yes, we have many opportunities. Many opportunities. <laughs> we just have to look at it differently yes. to change our perspective a little bit on that. Okay, so uh, all right, so all these things come on, and I know that you know when we talk about. Uh, obstacles getting in our way. We also talk about risk-taking, and I hear what you're saying is that really in order to, to, to make this a really uh, prosperous business, you've had to take a lot of risk. Yes, so the initial line of credit, we completely maxed it out. Um, I tried to get an additional loan from the bank, and by the time they finally said, no, it's not something we're going to be able to do, I had a, a small retirement account left, so I, I sold it. It was the second to the lowest day of the market. That's when I sold. But I knew two and a half months earlier that I needed to sell it, but I was being strung along. So anyway, in the positive spin, I did it. That was enough. I convinced my landlord to let us go rent-free one month, and that was just enough to get us going. And about the time the money ran out from my retirement account is about the time that we started to get enough money in. We, summer boarding was starting, and the lodge made enough to pay its own bills. Wow. So that, that, how did that feel then? Amazing. <laughs> And at home, I was taking no salary. We had pancakes about five times a week, sometimes <laughs> for breakfast, sometimes for dinner. My kids thought they were great. We'd make some bananas. We'd make some applesauce. Like, any way you can make pancakes, we did. It was a cheap way to eat, mm-hmm. and that's just what we did. No haircuts. No new clothes. We just didn't do it. Right. I lost a lot of weight. That was another great bonus, <laughs> that if I'm a little bit stressed, I'll eat. If I'm so stressed that I'm worried I'm about to lose my house for my whole family, I will lose weight. There you go. Another opportunity. <laughs> I think we're going to start a new diet plan here. Okay, so you know, so you're looking at that, like we're saying, with the, with the obstacles and the, the the risk goes up, and yet you find that the opportunity in that, mostly because it's your passion. It's, it, yeah, right. I mean, you really know what the goal is, and I think that you know a lot of the times people haven't defined their goal, and in because they can't define their goal, then they can't really define what the obstacles are. Mm-hmm. And therefore, they can't get around them. Yeah. Right. So similarly, when you first opened the business, I know that you were ready to go to your open house, and that's when Korea called, right? Yes. Yeah. So you're ready to open your doors, and then you get a call from halfway around the world and says, come over here. We, mm-hmm. we have a gift for you. <laughs> you must come pick up your package and then <laughs> return home, right? Isn't that yes. what happened? Yes. So I flew by myself to Korea. Uh, my husband stayed home with our son and also to help with the final renovations of our building because he was involved to try to save money. He, he did most of the wiring and had some guys who helped him, and he traded favors with them. Um, so we tried to do everything we could to, to keep our, our budget as low as possible. But So, yeah, I, I got on a plane and came back on October 3rd with our daughter, and on October 4th we had our open house. That's amazing. Yeah. So what did you do with the children now you have two kids and you got a brand new business. What do you do with the kids? Well, our son and, was... And no offense, but you got to have yeah. no money to pay yeah. for a, well, a we, sitter. We, we made it so we kept a little bit in our budget that we were able to pay for daycare for our son. He'd already been going 
three days a week, I think, at that point. So we kept that going. Mm-hmm. And then he also had some time with Nana, who luckily is local. Um, that's my husband's, my husband's mom. And then my daughter, if you look at our pictures from the first couple months, you can see her. We're in the East Penn Business Journal. We had the new business venture all to ourselves, that section. <laughs> and we had multiple pictures. There's my daughter in a, a baby carrier strapped on me there at work. Um, we have pictures of her in her stroller in the daycare room. We had a pack and play set up in my office. She's been bathed in the, the dog grooming tub multiple times. We just we made it work. Yeah, you make it, you make it work. Ec- mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. What would your advice be for, for women who uh, may be in a similar situation of yours? Say, maybe want to open a business, don't know how to do it, maybe want to have children, aren't able to do it biologically or don't want to do it biologically. What would your advice be for them? The first thing is to find somebody who's done it and talk with them. I'm always happy to chat with people and share what I've learned. Um, As far as not having our biological children, I started reaching out online. I found some great forums. Now there's a lot of Facebook groups would be the equivalent for people going through the same thing, and you get a lot of ideas and just some emotional support. No, you're not the only one doing it, and you can see other people have overcome it. That makes it a lot easier to picture yourself overcoming something. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a great idea. Okay, um, we're going to wrap up. All right. What I do want to say, though, is that I appreciate your coming in and telling people sure. this story because, like you say, you know, to reaching out for women to women to sh- be sharing their stories, I think is, is truly valuable. You know, um, just about every woman on this planet has a story to tell, and so I appreciate your coming in to share your story with us today, Rain. Well, thanks for having me, and thank you. Okay.